0: Welcome back to the Tolstoy World's OU Sports Extra podcast. Eli Letterman here with Eric Bailey. Eric, we're finally in the, uh, well, it feels like the offseason with softball done, but we've kept plenty busy, but uh, we're only, what, five, six days removed from from the Sooners picking up their third consecutive national title. Uh, Yesterday, we're recording Tuesday afternoon. Yesterday came with the news of Jordy Ball's exit from the program after a stellar, stellar seems like an understatement, but a stellar run through the Women's College World Series, and now we head into not just softball offseason, but really that quieter time of the year, if there is one, around OU.
1: Yeah, and exactly right. I mean, it's funny, because this time last week, if you would have told us we'd be talking about a national championship series and a player leaving, I would have never believed it with everything. There's been so much news since Thursday, the final pitch of Thursday's game, when they celebrated a national championship. We saw <laughs> Uh, them celebrated Toby Keith's bar and grill with Toby Keith singing. We saw a statue be dedicated to Patty Gasso on Saturday at a team celebration. Then Monday, we get the shocking news that Geordie Ball is leaving, all in the span of five days. So what a whirlwind five days it's been for Oklahoma softball.
0: What do we hit first, Eric? Third straight title or the Jordy <laughs> Ball news? You pick.
1: I think the Geordie Ball news especially. I think it caught everybody off guard just because uh, – it really stopped, and it didn't cause ripples just on the softball program. I think the sports world, it's almost like akin to a superstar at Alabama football or, or somewhere like that, a dynasty leaving uh, tension everyone off guard because Jordy Ball was the face of softball, especially after this past College World Series with what she was able to do, get four wins and get a save and and uh, throw scoreless innings. She didn't allow a run in her time. Uh, it was pretty amazing what she was able to accomplish uh, in the circle. And for her to announce uh, on Monday at 1 o'clock that she was leaving Oklahoma, it just caught everybody off guard. I know you caught wind of it over the weekend. Uh, in fact, I learned it for, about it from you because you caught wind of it and let me know what was going on. And then we started kind of uh, making some phone calls and kind of, uh, seeing what kind of direction this thing was going. It was really incredible how fast this picked up steam.
0: Yeah, I guess in terms of how it played out, you, you said it, Jordy Ball caps off an incredible run through the Women's College World Series. I mean, I think OU could have gotten there several ways, but they got there through the pitching of Jordy Ball and, you know, 24 and two-thirds scoreless innings, the third longest scoreless inning streak in the in the history of the event. So at that point, Jordy Ball is at the top of the, the college softball world, in a lot of ways the sports world you mentioned. You know, this was uh, Oklahoma and, and the Women's College World Series. It's all kind of been a rising tide the last few years. But for Jordy Ball, who was limited at last year's World, world Series, this was her real national star turn. And I don't think there's any understating, you know, just how big the last two weeks had been for her and for this program and in rising its profile. Um, but as you say, and as we kind of would come to understand it, Thursday night, they closed it out Friday. As Patty Gasser revealed in her statement, Jordy Ball met with you know, Patty Gasso, Jen Rocha, the staff, and let them know that she had something pulling her home and that she was ready to go home. Um, and that's, that's probably important to underscore. I think Jordy did a really good job of making it clear in Patty's statement, the same of the reasons behind this. This wasn't some big NIL deal. This wasn't something going on necessarily within the program at OU. It was simply Jordy Ball, and she made it very clear in her statement wanting to be home closer to family all that and uh and so yeah as you said over the weekend it was becoming clearer and clearer that this was coming um and and then monday afternoon is when we got you know official word and uh the whole sports world found out and now you know we're sort of swimming in that aftermath
1: can you imagine the courage i wrote about this a little bit the courage it took from geordie to decide i'm going to go home because she really was at the top of her game and she's a hero here in oklahoma uh, people really looked up to her, and she's at the the top of her sport at on one arguably. And I don't know if there's, you know, I think it's legitimate, the the greatest sports team of all time in college softball. And she's the face of that team on a a roster full of stars. She's the face of it. Can you imagine the courage it takes to say, I'm going to walk away from this and go home? It probably wasn't easy. It probably wasn't easy to leave this. And and she's probably been thinking about this for some time. And, And to weigh that balance between wanting to go home and still maintaining going out there and doing her job going out there and winning softball games going out there and playing at hundred percent there's so much going on emotionally and uh and experience that with you know close friends i mean you know when, when you're in the softball world when you're together for four months every day working hard toward a common goal at that high level you got friends on that team and you don't want to let them down too so uh imagine that just the emotions you're going through and that's that's incredible when you put it in that perspective but what she had to handle in in kind of balancing this out and to perform at the high level that she did and then decide, okay, I'm going to walk away and go home. Uh, It it was a mighty tug to call her home. And it really makes you realize how big this was if, you know, that tug, that family, that faith, Nebraska. And I saw a picture of her today. Uh, She's got the tattoo of Nebraska on her arm. Home is home for her, and and I think we really realize that. And you know what's impressed me the most, Eli, is that a lot of Oklahoma fans have really embraced her decision. I was really proud of Oklahoma fans because, you know, we've seen in the past, and different circumstances totally, but we saw Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, how they were treated when they left. Even further back, we go in a different realm with pro basketball with Kevin Durant when he left. Different entirely, I know that. But, you know, fans are fans. But Oklahoma fans have really embraced uh, her reasoning for going home, and it's more of a, "Hey, we wish you the best, best of luck. Go be be yourself, be your best at home." And I've been, I really respected that out of this Oklahoma fan base.
0: Yeah, I think the the point you make in there that stands out to me. And I'm with you on the fan base, and I, I think 98.5 percent of what you saw on Twitter or social media or places was pretty positive, and that's always good to see because so often we see the opposite. Uh, but to me, it's that not just that Jordy Ball had the Maturity or poised to make this decision for herself, but presumably it didn't happen late Thursday night after this wrapped up. This has probably been harboring for some time, and for her to be as good as she was, she wasn't just good, Eric. She was uh, top of her game, top of the game. Uh, I think that underscores just what OU was lost in in losing Jordy Ball. To be that good with that weighing on you, or to be able to compartmentalize it. You hear Patty talk so often about this team being focused on the process they're better testament than that while Jordy Ball was, you know, had her heart being tugged back home and away from this thing that, that she was at the top of her game still. I think uh, it's a credit to Jordy. It's a credit to what they've achieved with this, with this program in terms of the buy-in and all that. Um, And, and now we kind of turn our attention to what do the Sooners do from here? We'll see where Jordy Ball goes, where she's playing uh, in the future, but for OU it's, hitting an off season where they were going to have to retool a bit. Anyhow, look to the portal, most likely now they've got to go replace perhaps the top pitcher in all college softball.
1: Yeah. And I think that'll happen. And, and you know, given the history of Oklahoma and what Patty Gasso has been able to do, I don't think they'll have any problem with that. I'm sure that when the announcement came that Jordy Ball was leaving, I'm sure that some of the top pitchers in the country, they start, huh, I can just see it now. And and you mentioned this in your story. You look at the last – that you, we ran today in the Tulsa World. The last three winning pitchers of the deciding national championship game were all transfers. G. Juarez in 21, uh, Hope troutline in 22, and then this past season, Alex DiRocco in 23, they were all transfer pitchers. So if you come to Oklahoma, you're going to get an opportunity to pitch not only – for a good team, but in the the most important game of a season. So I think that there'll be a lot of interest in these transfer portal pitchers to maybe enter the portal with an idea of going to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, last year, Alex Tirocko wasted no time announcing she was leaving Michigan for Oklahoma. And look at the career she had in her one season, the impact she had, and now she's the number one, uh, uh, the number one draft pick in a pro softball league. So I, I really think that there'll be some news in the next two weeks of someone making that move from wherever they're at now. We don't know who it's going to be moving to Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I think I think these two things can be true. One is that Patty Gasso has found a lot of success in the portal all around, but certainly, I guess, you know, portal and then what predates the portal era, but transfer pitchers, Patty Gasso has had no problem of getting them. They've been a part of the World Series runs each of the last three years, and, and so I've got faith that, A, Patty Gasso can do it again, and, B, that the Sooners almost certainly open next year as, as your clear-cut favorites to win a fourth straight title at the same time I don't know that you can replace a Jordy ball I don't know that the Patty Gasso can go to the portal this year and find another Jordy ball and that's an important distinction I think that's part of what made she was part of what made OU go from elite top of the game to record setting this year in terms of the win streak and all that so there is that Eric where else does Patty Gasso need to look to address on this roster we know Grace Lyons Haley Lee, Alex Storocco, Grace Green are all out of eligibility. Sophia Nugent, reserve catcher, entered the portal yesterday, um, joining Jordy Ball as as really the only other departure among those with remaining eligibility. Where would you look? Now, I'm not necessarily saying names, but uh, where do the Sooners need to address elsewhere and what was such a a deep lineup and, and a team this year?
1: Well, I think the main thing is, you know, you need a shortstop. You need someone that, you know, do you go and find an experienced shortstop someone out there? Because Grace Grace Lyons made it look so easy over these past four years. They She made everything look so, so easy at the position. Easily the best defensive shortstop in college softball. And now you need to replace that. And that's not going to be easy. That's an important position, I think. You know, does Patty that does an experienced infielder come in and, and do 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 they have someone in there that can play that spot uh selfishly, just for one game, maybe one inning? I'd like to see Jada Coleman play shortstop just for fun, just to take her back to her high school days. Uh, but that, that's just just a side note there. But I think you need an experienced shortstop, and you'd love to have another power bat in the lineup. I think Haley Lee was a perfect uh, complement to this year's team with the way she was able to hit the softball. I know she struggled in the World Series. I was glad to see her get a hit in her final at bat because she was 0 for, for the World Series until that last at bat. But I really think they need to find that another power at bat, uh, power hitter in that lineup, another three-hole hitter type hitter that can they can fit in and and. Uh, move runners, because you, you've got the ultimate one-two and Coleman and Jennings. If you can find a really good three-hole in, in, in the transfer portal to come in, that would be good, too. And that's not to say they don't have some good young talent. I really like Jocelyn Erickson. Uh, I think she's going to grow into that type of player. Sydney Sanders, will, she'll just get older and older and more the more reps she has the more comfortable she have. I think she had a little bit of a sophomore slump this year, came up big in the final game though, of course, with the home run. Indeed. Uh, but but I'd love to see them, if you're an Oklahoma fan, get that three-hole hitter that they could fit in. Any, what about you? Do you see any holes, anything glaring that you think that they need to fill in?
0: No, I think, you know, in terms of having to fill big holes, they're fortunate that Kinsey Hansen sounds like she's going to be back for a fifth season, which I don't think was all that surprising, but you talk about hard hard to replace Jordy Ball, certainly, but you can find Aces a hitting catcher and someone who fields as well as Kinsey Hanson might have been hard to come by if they had to replace the catcher this offseason. So I think Patty Gasso would be grateful to have her back. I think, you know, if you wanted to talk about potential captains for to replace Grace Lyons, I don't know what Patty's plans are, but Kinsey Hanson mm-hmm. would probably be someone I'd view as in the running for that. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, shortstop's huge. Patty Gas would talk frequently, and she's not someone who doles out this kind of praise so often. She routinely called Grace Lyons the best shortstop, best fielding shortstop in the country. So that is what she's got to replace some way somehow. Uh, but I and i now I'm just copying your answers. But I do think that power spot too. Haley Lee was so important, and whether they feel like they have that replacement internally, maybe Jocelyn Erickson uh, is that player in year two, or, or presumably they'll they'll they will do fine in the portal and they'll they'll bring in options. I'd imagine you'll see a power bat or two come in through the portal, but I think you could have expected OU to be very active before Jordy Ball's departure. Now I think they've got something new at the top of the list, but I think they're going to be all over it. And I I do wonder, not to just make comparisons between one women's sport to another, but it seems like with the growing popularity uh, of of women's women's basketball, the portal and player movement has been heating up there. I wonder if we might see something similar in college softball were some of the biggest names, perhaps already the biggest name is on the move and maybe for different reasons, but I wonder if it's going to be a fun and kind of dr- dramatic portal this summer. Uh, and if so, OU probably stands to gain from that as, as one of the most attractive landing spots. Eric, we've done a lot of talking. We haven't talked yet. I think we'll close out here, but the significance of what the Sooners did last week, only six days ago did they wrap up a third strike title Seventh under Patty Gasso, the sixth since 2016. So away from player movement, away from this offseason. Let's close on, I guess, what last week and that accomplishment represents. I'll I'll kick it to you there.
1: 61 and one. It's an incredible, credible record when you think about it. And the end of the season with 53 straight wins. I think the key is they got everyone's best shot every time they played. Whenever they took the field, they got everybody's best shot. Uh, and, and and you know it was like a Rubik's cube uh opponents coaches were trying to figure out how to beat this team whether if it was just trying different pitching rotations whether it was you know just trying just trying to find the answer and it was funny because coaches were saying you know florida State, uh, was saying, you know, that they were getting texts saying, you know, figure out how to beat the machine, and they couldn't figure it out, and they admitted they couldn't beat the machine. So I think that that was what impressed me the most about this team is they knew they were going to get everyone's best shot, and they found ways to win games. Uh, the Clemson game really stands out. I mean, when when they're down to their last swing, and they find a way to keep, you know, set a record. That was 48. Uh, just to, just to, That's what told me this team is really special. And then when they get to the World Series, just to run through the world series undefeated continue that against the best of the best I think we won't see a a record 61 and one I don't know if we'll ever see another one loss uh, team in our lifetime I mean it's going to be tough I mean it's just amazing Uh, you know it's been such a fun ride if you're an Oklahoma fan to see four losses in two years they only lost three games last year they lose one game this year it's a pretty incredible ride I think you know, right now uh, we're, we're looking at it, but I think years from now we'll really say wow. I think we're wild right now, but I think years from now we'll really be wild when we look about how good this team was.
0: I think you're right. My, my unfair question to you would be, can they be as good or better next year? It's almost hard to imagine, right?
1: It, it is. Uh, I think that, you know, losing Jordy Ball is going to make them, uh, I'd take them a little, maybe a little, little notches down, maybe not much. Because you still think about how the nucleus of this team, you mentioned Kenzie Hansen and Jennings and Coleman, Brito, Riley Boone. I mean, so many of these players return. And uh, they're they're not going to, you know, the top, I think the top four or five batting averages return next year. This is going to be a team that's going to score runs. I don't, You know, everyone made a big deal about them scoring 500 runs three years in a row. I think they'll hit 500 again next year just because the lineup that they have. Uh, Now, they're going to have probably a couple more closer games because the pitching staff has to really get a little bit more solidified. It just depends on who they're going to bring in. Uh, But, no, I think they can be just as good, but, man, I still don't know – this team's going to be hard to touch, this one we just saw. And it's funny because everyone wondered in 2022 if there'd be a team as good as that 22 team, and then this team surpassed it, I believe.
0: It's staggering. It's hard to imagine a team being better, but they were only a few outs away from being perfect this year. And uh, I I don't – you know, we'll see how long I guess this streak. The the last streak, Arizona's 47-game streak stretched across two seasons. The Sooners have already surpassed them. Uh, but who knows where that number is going to end up. I mean, it wouldn't shock you, I don't think, to be going into March or even April next year, at least with that in the conversation.
1: I do want to add one more thing we really haven't touched upon, but the Patty Gasso statue, I think that's big for the University of Oklahoma to commission that, the first Football statue commissioned by the University of Oklahoma, well deserving. The timing is perfect with the new stadium. Uh, you know, as humble as Patty is, I know I just would have loved to see seen that conversation where Joe comes up and tells her, Hey, we're going to make a statue of you. I would have loved to see Patty's reaction, like, You know, why do you want to do that? I could probably hear her saying that. Why do you have to do that? Because she's so humble, but it's really, really uh, warranted at this time. I mean, a coach who's won seven in a row. I mean, we've talked about this. You know, the, the, there's not only an argument, argument for her being the best softball coach in history, but maybe the best Oklahoma coach in history. And that includes Wilkinson, Squitzer and Stoops. She really has done a lot for the school and I'm just impressed with what she's been able to build there. And uh, the next question is just how long is she going to do it? She's 61. Uh, We'll see how long she's going to do it. And it'll be interesting to see her career from this point on.
0: Well, that brings us to my point. Maybe our closing point here is what, what I found so fascinating. I had to ask Patty about this a little bit last thursday was what this season meant to her what this particular title meant to her because she's done it plenty and 2023 is different from you know 2016 as it's different from 2016 and i the question i asked her was how has this feeling evolved uh for you to now you've got grandkids running around you've done it before uh and and she kind of hit on this in a few different answers the other night but basically it finally acknowledged how difficult this season was it looked from the outside, so easy. If you look just on paper at the results for OU, they ran through everybody, really only got pressed a, a handful of times. And but Patty Gasso basically called it, quote, the, the roughest championship season she's had. I, I think the, the expectations weighed on this team more than they were willing to acknowledge during the season. The pressure of, uh, you know, both locally around Norman, where there was the, the base expectation was basically what they did. They they only met expectations by having one of the greatest softball seasons of all time, and I do believe that pressure was there. It was then there, I think, later in the season nationally, as the 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 wins record came up, going to Oklahoma City as the the, the far and away the favorite. I don't think anyone will give Patty and them much sympathy because they uh, they're the best equipped, clearly team you know for of anyone there. But all that pressure P- Patty finally let on that that had had hit them and that the feeling she had after they won was, was freedom, which might not have been the first word I would have thought of, of, you know, to describe that feeling in that moment for Patty Gasso, but that's how she explained it. And she really laid out the, the pressure that was on this team, but also her pride in, in that they got here and in her coaching staff and in the, in and, and the players uh, to close out a third straight title, all that was riding on it. And now of course, not even seven days later, we're sitting here wondering what they'll do in 2024.
1: <laughs> uh, freeing. That was the word that she really stood out when she said she felt freeing. And that, that's not the word. Like you said, you, you would have thought celebratory, exciting. It's just like the, the handcuffs came unshackled. We're free. We want it. We did what we're supposed to do. Now we can relax. And that's incredible to think relax. And that that's, that's just where this program is right now, Eli. It's kind of crazy.
0: It is. Well, Eric, we'll close it there. We will be back with the OU Sports Extra podcast, what, Thursday? at Once uh, Sooners 2024 SEC. Well, it'll be not the schedule, but the opponents and dates for the Sooners' first season in the SEC. Uh, they'll be out Wednesday evening, and we'll have all of it covered in the Tulsa World, and then we'll be back with the podcast. And as always, you can find us Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TulsaWorld.com, everywhere you can find us or find podcasts, you will find us. Eric and I will be back later this week.